are 20 billion games like that. I did get in Angry Birds, though. Like, that happened. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't blame you. It was a cool idea. You know what I was just thinking about as far as mobile games? I was like, shit, Words with Friends was fun. It was. That was huge for a while. Um, What I really miss is the fact that uh, I miss Plants vs. Zombies the way that it used to be. Because they came out with a Plants vs. Zombies 2, and Mm -hmm. it was just like all monetized. And it was like just so depressing. Like, oh, yeah, you want this plant that you used to use all the time? (laughs) It's going to be $5. I'm sorry. Like, okay, I'm good. That always sucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I never really got into Candy Crush. <laughs> similar, similar structure games, but not, not that one in particular. Right, right. Those, those, those match three and match four games always suck me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a license that I like, like I know for a while you and I were both playing that uh, We Bear Bears game, which was fun. Yes, <laughs> I still chime into that every once in a while. Really? Yeah, I haven't yeah, checked it fun. out in a while. Um, I play the uh, Disney emoji one now. I never played that. Yeah, because the cool thing about that is as you um, unlock different emojis in the game, you get them for your phone, too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, I was I was playing chess on my phone for a little while, Ooh. and then I downloaded Words with Friends again because I was like, let me go back, and then I was like, I don't know any of these fucking people. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I guess we should get started. Hello, everybody. Oh, I thought we were already started. Oh, well, right. yeah, but we got to do like the, you know, bells and whistles thing. Hello, Hi, everybody. Hi, people. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. This is our 25th episode, everybody. Oh, boy. Yeah. 25. We no did pressure. not prepare. We didn't. Oh, boy. This is going to be the lamest extravaganza ever. Yeah. But no, seriously, thank you guys for listening and encouraging us to do this for 25 episodes. Technically more, because we have mini-sodes, and we have the, the Patreon-exclusive episodes, and the live show, and all that stuff. So guys... I know, and the, the numbering on... Uh, <laughs> I, I always want to say iTunes, but Apple Podcasts kills mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. every time. Ugh. Same. If any of you know how to take those numbers off of there, I'll be the first to admit I don't know how to do it. Because yeah. my numbering is correct, but it always assigns it a number as well like mm-hmm. oh no this is the 27th episode you've done like i know i get it okay and i and you can do it because other people right have done it other so people how do, do you all do it cool stuff right yeah <laughs> you know michael rosenbaum if you're listening hit me up dude i don't know how to do it man so anyway that's our that's our spiel um check us out lexandmattpod.com lexandmattpod.com does that sound right to you lexandmattpod.com yeah. yes that yeah. is our website now that i've said it three <laughs> times in a row i don't know i just felt like i was missing one of the words in there okay all yeah. right all right all right all right so yeah that's our website check it out got all the links to the social meds the patrons all that good stuff yeah yeah all the things are there so we reached out to you folks this week and we said hey there's anything that you would like us to talk about you know let us know. Maybe we'll give it a, a shout out on the show. And we got a couple of interesting responses. Um, first up is from one of our friends, Larry Arroyo. And he says he wants us to talk about the numerous Power Ranger knockoffs that we had growing up. So, Lex, a couple, I, maybe it was last episode we were talking about Power Rangers, and I was surprised to find out that you were actually a fan of Power Rangers at one point. Uh, yeah. 
I a little bit. I mean, I, I watched it a bit. I think that was definitely a thing for kids my age. Yeah. I wasn't like a super fan, but I remember being like, yeah, like everyone thought whatever ranger. I remember liking the green ranger, and I think that was because I just like green. Okay. Uh, at the time. Well, they did market him as like the coolest ranger too. He was like the bad boy. He had did the they? Long yeah. Hair. I I just remember picking. Like, just like picking a Ninja Turtle for weird reasons. I don't know. <laughs> well, everybody liked Michelangelo because he was the party dude, obviously. You know. No, I didn't like Michelangelo. What? Who was your I favorite? like Leonardo. I've okay. always liked Leonardo. Okay. I like the straight lace, like, I, I, I'm i the, like, of the, you know, I, the way I compare it is, like, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm the Santiago of the group where I'm like, <laughs> let's, let is, like, oh, my God, let's color coat this. Yes. Like, so to me, I was like, yeah, this guy, this guy is not causing any trouble. Let's, let's go with him. He's leading. <laughs> You know how difficult it is to be a leader? That is incredibly difficult. Not only that, but he was still being micromanaged by, like, the guy that trained them. Splinter was always around. So yeah. it was like, no matter what he did, it was always like, yes, Master Splinter. And it's like, dude, man, you know, there's no, there's a glass ceiling above Leonardo, but he does his best yeah. to cut through it with those katana. Yeah, no, I've always been fascinated with the story of, like, how do you lead? How do you do this? How do you maintain being a good turtle? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I give like the the ones who are like you know the Ferris Bueller's of the world. I understand why they're entertaining, but I'm a Cameron, you yeah. know. Yeah, I like I like the uh, in the Brooklyn Nine Nine scenario. I'm I'm a Diaz fan. I thought she was dope, or is dope. Oh, she's still around. Yeah, I want yeah I want to be Diaz. <laughs> I relate to a lot of Diaz tendencies. Yeah, but if I'm being honest, in my like craziness i'm i'm an amy uh, <laughs> well back to back to the super sentai series so we're gonna start from jump here with the power rangers stuff of course we touched on this a little bit but the mighty Morphin power rangers was basically cobbled together uh from scenes filmed here in america with the uh you know very oddly paint by color cast that they had for the first series you know the black ranger was a black guy the pink ranger was the girl the red ranger was like you know the kind of like redneck dude. yellow ranger was also a girl she was an asian girl yeah 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 um it, it was yeah. just kind of like, that wasn't problematic at all man not at all <laughs> so that was that was already an interesting thing but then they were, i remember that though they had two girls and i was like oh my god you can choose which girl you like more like that was like, cool like that, that was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. I, th I I think I liked Pink Ranger. I don't I don't remember. And if you notice, and this is just kind of like a, a weird thing to point out, but in the in the Japanese version, the Super Sentai that they were uh, basically just kind of like taking and and splicing into the show, uh, only the Pink Ranger had a skirt on, and that's because in the Super Sentai series, the Yellow Ranger was a guy, but you know for their purposes, they were like, no, we want a girl to be in this role, so. Kudos yeah. to Saban for being progressive in that regard, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Can't hey, have it all. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have a show about all these martial arts. Might be a good idea to put uh, an Asian American person in, in the mix, you know, which they did, but they also made her the Yellow Ranger, which was an option. I just. It doesn't make any sense. They could have made her the Pink Ranger. They could have. And then, and the, the, all they had to do, literally all they had to do, was fucking swap the two different 
female color rangers or swap her with any of the guys it doesn't matter like <laughs> but why did you have to color coat oh whatever yeah yeah so that was that um but there were many other spin-offs of uh you know the super sentai series there was um i don't know if you remember one called mock rider no which was basically about this guy like he had kind of like a, a bug helmet thing and he rode a motorcycle around um you know who'd be much better equipped to discuss this would be uh eric from turtle soup yeah because yeah. he he not only is a fan of these he, he collects them too he has like a ton of the different like uh common rider did I say yeah. Mock Rider at first? Mock Rider was a Nintendo game. Common Rider is what it's I'm thinking It's literally of. all gibberish. It's me, all gibberish. So. <laughs> there was also Big Bad Beetleborgs, which was this weird thing where these kids drove around like three bug-shaped vehicles that fought against uh, evildoers. But... My favorite part about this is that you could just be spewing syllables, <laughs> and I would not fucking know. You could be like, then you had the Glee Lorps, and I'd be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You had, cool, the, cool, cool, cool. You had the flip, you had the flip phone five, which just had flip phones. And yeah, they would transform using these flip phones, and they would dial a certain number and turn turn into a certain type of robot. I'd buy that. Yeah, I would too. Actually, that's a pretty good idea. I need to write that down. Yeah, um, yeah but Nobody they had all these. It. But the the most ridiculous one, and this was, I remember this like Sunday mornings on USA Network, was one called uh, Super Human Samurai Cyber Squad. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) What am I supposed to say to that? I don't know, but it was all S's too. It was like four S's. Fucking weird, man. I don't know. Now the the most memorable thing about this show is that it was a vehicle for uh matthew lawrence you know because his his oh. big brother joey was such a big deal on blossom they wanted to have you know him lead up this show so he was a kid that uh basically possessed this uh giant robot that had to fight crime um video games were involved somehow you know it was very extreme. so this was pre uh boy meets world um yeah i guess so yeah because yeah he was on there after that yeah 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 yeah. Huh. interesting <laughs> but yeah this one was completely unrelated to uh power rangers beetleborgs and all that other stuff it was just its own thing but it was obviously a knockoff it was just so interesting i don't know it just kind of struck me as just kind of like a you know a bootleg version of it at the time and the, the production was so awful but it had a lot more in common with like the godzilla toho stuff with like guys in big rubber suits fighting each other instead of you know hey let's be about positivity and hanging out with other teens it was just like no man we fight giant monsters every week that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> so that is the history <laughs> very condensed of the uh, yeah. power rangers knockoffs so thanks for writing in larry yeah thank you yeah <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's see. Christopher Martinez said that Ernie Colon passed away last yeah, week yeah. and Ar- wanted us to address that, the artist. Ernie Colon is an artist. He worked uh, heavily for uh, American outlets like DC, Atlas, and Eclipse, most famously known for creating the character Amethyst, Princess of Gymworld. Now, what's interesting about that is it's... it's um, 
it almost seems like it's the inspiration behind Steven Universe in a lot of ways, you know, especially with a character mm. named Amethyst. Uh, but this character recently has come back into the limelight in um, the recent relaunch of Young Justice written by Brian Michael Bendis. So for folks that are unfamiliar with Amethyst, that's where she kicked off, like back in the 80s, you know, back oh. when like She-Ra and Jem were really big. It was kind of a character like that. So, right. yeah, he was he was very much, uh, you know, had his finger on the pulse of, of pop culture going on there. And um, and I looked it up, and he was, you know, he lived. It sounds like he lived a very long life, did yeah. a lot of things, and that's at least fortunate that that was the case. But it still sucks when you know legends pass away. Absolutely, yeah. He he was born in 1931. He passed at the age of 88. That's a long life for a comic creator. And you know, you want your you want your favorites to live forever, um, but you know, eventually they do they do pass. And you know, we we uh, offer listen. They don't want to live forever at that point. No. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm out, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he his his body of work is so impressive. He worked mm-hmm. for all the big companies, Marvel, Malibu, Valiant. Um, you know, he, he did some Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, um, Little Dot, Little Audrey, all that stuff, Richie Rich. So he was like one of those artists that could just like basically imitate any house style to uh, fit what they needed. And that's that was like a real uh, skill to have, you know, back then. Yeah. Now that's it seems like idea. artists bring their own style with them and they try to like, you know, make that work within the brand. Uh, you know, like the Archie comics. Archie... It used to be if you could draw in that Archie style, you basically had a job for life. Like Dan Parent. Dan Parent is like mm-hmm. the modern day guy that can draw in that 60s, uh, 1940s and 50s, basically uh, Archie comic style. But you see they're bringing on other guys now. They're bringing on, uh, you know, the, the modern day masters. So there's that. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by Bimo because he's trying to. What's so funny is I was distracted by Sammy because he's literally holding my free hand, so I can't get the phone. <laughs> so it's like, why are animals trying to distract us right now? One one last fun fact about Ernie Cologne. He drew the New Kids on the Block Magic Summer Tour comic in 1990. <laughs> oh, that's not the best thing for his resume, but RIP. No. <laughs> but hey, work is work, man. You do yeah. what you do. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, thanks Keep for writing in, Christopher. Uh, last but not least of our of our listener uh, request this week is John Craig. He wants to know why are we going back to the view view universe? Is it just to keep Jason Mewes off the pills? No, Jason Mewes. Fuck off, John Craig. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, bud? You're such a dick. It is, Seriously, it's his brand. It's his brand. But we. Love I am him. well aware of his brand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for writing in, John Craig. No, you know what? The Viewersk universe is is special to me because, you know, I love the fact that it kind of represents different stages of um, Kevin Smith's life. Like recently, he he did a live reading of the Clerks Three script that he wrote that he just couldn't yeah. get produced or it just didn't work out for some reason. Um, and he he made mention that okay, Clerks was him in his twenties. You know, just as kind of like an angry shot clerk and and kind of Mm -hmm. venting in that way. Clerks 2 was him in his 30s, just kind of like, you know, happy-go-lucky and and really trying to find his footing on his adulthood. And now this is like him in his 40s and 50s and the rest of his life. So that's kind of cool to, like, view it that way. Um, As far as Muse goes, he's busy, man. Like, he... 
What's great about Jason Mewes, he's a success story. Because after they did the whole, um, what was it, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old thing, mm-hmm. kind of where it started with that podcast, is that was an excuse to keep him distracted from drugs. Now, he's got so many irons in the fire. I mean, it's kind of cool to see how far he's come. And I hope that Kevin Smith is proud of the part that he played in that. Because I know it really takes, you know, the person being committed to it. But the right. fact that he stuck by Muse for that long and, and, and was just that loyal to him and his sobriety, that's really cool. You know? So, so my response to this is why not? Why not? Why not? It's his, <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly, it's Kevin Smith's play box mm-hmm. and sandbox, whatever you want to call it. And why? I'll be with you. It's fine. Yeah. But like, <laughs> why, like, why wouldn't we want to go back to that? Like, if you don't want to, I mean, who cares? It's his. Like, you know, let him let him make these movies. Right. He's not. I just. We've talked about this before. I'm not saying John Craig hates Kevin Smith, but like the Kevin Smith kind of like hate or bluff with him or whatever this is. Yeah. I I'm just not buying it. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes he makes <laughs> things I like. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. If he, if he makes a movie that I don't like, I'm like, cool, whatever. Let's see what the next one is. Like, that's, I mean, it's that way with every person. It's cyclical. Person. It really yeah. is cyclical. It's, it's like, you know, the, the famous line from the X-Men film where they go, what do you expect us to wear, yellow spandex and all that stuff? It's like, okay, 2000. That was cool to see them looking all, like, hardcore yeah. and, you know, just, like, metal and all that stuff and, and emo. But then it was like, you know, fans kind of softened up after a while. Like, yeah, I kind of do want to see him in the yellow spandex. So uh, where is that? Um, it's and, like, okay, best, yeah. the best example is it's like ska music. Most people don't like it, but they keep making it. So that means somebody's listening. Yeah, that somebody's John fucking Craig. But but here's the thing. Okay, okay. This is this is my defense. This I think this will probably be my longstanding defense of Kevin Smith. He always encourages people to make things. That's true. That's true. And so for me, I'm always going to encourage him to make things. Yeah. I mean, he was JTG because in it before he, JTG thought about pressing yeah. record. Yeah. He He's one of those people that's always like, yes, go do it. You've got it. You're, you know, you're a writer. You're a filmmaker. You're this, you're that. Go do it right now. Right. And that's amazing. Like, I, I love that. That encouragement is important to so many people. I mean, even beyond just his own creativity, the the, the cheerleader aspect of it all. Um, you know, like with a lot of the stuff that happens on the, on the CW shows, with the shows he directs and everything like that, a lot of that um, attitude is reflected in Stephen Amell. I'm not saying Kevin Smith's responsible yeah. for it, but I'm saying it's that same similar type of attitude just to say, Hey, let's try this. Let's see how far we can make this go. Just like every single news story that we read about um, the upcoming crisis crossover. It's like, let's ask Burt Ward to be a part of this. Let's see if we yeah. can get Kevin Conroy on screen as Batman for the first time. Let's Looks get like Tom, Tom Welling now. Let's get yeah. fucking Tom Welling back. You know, like everybody. He's seemingly confirmed on his Instagram <laughs> that he's going to be in it, which I'm fucking thrilled for. But yeah, no, it, it's... I, I, and he's, I mean, all of these actors who work with him on set in these, that universe love him. Sure. So clearly he's bringing, 
you know, who was it that was talking about that? Like how he's so positive on set and every single take he has so much enthusiasm. I think it might have been um, Grant Gustin. Well, yeah, him too. But I mean, Kevin Smith does toot his own horn quite a bit, but sometimes you got to be your own cheerleader. You know what I mean? Like you well, have no to be the one. No one else is going to be his cheerleader. That's like, what I'm saying. Like you got to be honest. No one else <laughs> likes it. Like he's not. He's not the most talented guy in the room. But so he's got to be the most charming. Like that's that's his thing. You know. You show up on time. You do your job. Yeah. And you you try to keep a positive attitude while doing it. And that's try. To, yeah. That's how I try to live my life. It doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, he's but... a. I think he's a big <laughs> influence. In those ways of like make the thing yourself and cur- like you know and then encourage others help others you know I I love all of that so he's making his movies right cool right so I kind of dipped a toe into the Tom Welling news seemingly yeah. he um, confirmed on his Instagram he said he's... duh in response to yeah. and I posted it on our Instagram so you look at it um, yeah. but he, it was like oh I hope you're in crisis and he said duh. Like, and then a gaggle of dudes came and tried to shut it down. I'm like, not today. Let's just let's try to remain positive. Let's 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 hope for the best here. And the best would be that he comes in and he plays Superman one last time, you know. Or if he wants to do it many times, let him do it many times. I don't care. Superman's great. He's and gonna. I think he's great. gonna show up in the flannel. Like I don't think he's gonna suit up. He's not. <laughs> that's not what he's gonna do. He's. You, you know, they're gonna have Brandon Routh suited up. That's that, true. I am perfectly fine. I know everyone's going to flip out. They're going to want Welling completely suited up. That was never what that show was about. If he shows up in the flannel, I'll be happy. If he shows up either way, I'll be happy. You know what I I mean? I mean, I agree. Obviously, seeing him in that suit would, you know, freak me the fuck out. Yeah. But I, I would understand if he both didn't want to do that and if they didn't think that was the right move for the the feel of the original show yeah you know yeah so this is this is my take on it right now i mean we've had a lot of exciting announcements about crisis in the past couple of weeks uh, ever since comic-con basically including yeah. comic-con and to now um it's gonna be a mess and it's gonna be a beautiful mess and so i'm just gonna grab some popcorn and i'm going to chill the fuck out and enjoy what's on my screen because man this is the last hurrah for a lot of these guys. I mean, yeah. we never thought we'd see Burt Ward associated with any type of superhero anything going forward, you know? I uh, feel like they're going to have to make them longer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Or I don't maybe, know how they're, even with four hours, I don't know how they're going to do it. Hours. Yeah, it's it's got more time than Infinity War, but it's got more more characters and more actors in Infinity War. I remember the scene... Uh, from the last crossover where they got them all involved and it was just like they had everybody in costume and everybody was like standing in line or on, on, on yeah. some stairs or something. And it was just intimidating how many heroes yeah. they had standing up there. I was so impressed. I was just I got chills seeing that because it's like you never think growing up you're going to see this sort of entertainment on TV. You know? On TV. Right. Like legit great costumes on your TV screen. So uh, I, yeah, and yeah. and small to me, <laughs> including Smallville in this is incredibly important because without Smallville, none of this would have happened. Right. 
And they, you know, Amel has talked about that. It's it's very much acknowledged that that's the original. So if they can pay tribute to Smallville in some capacity, I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. And they and have. Like, they, uh, they featured the Kent farm. In it, but, I like, I want a little bit more. They did. They featured the Kent farm and they played the theme song uh, during the last oh. crossover, too, which oh. I felt so like that was such a tease, man. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it was worth. I I, I was still okay with it. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, this is what we're getting. We're getting it. It's fine. So the rumor is as well uh, that the uh, Titans from the uh, the DC Universe series, which is coming back for a second season very soon, um, that they're going to be featured in it some way as well. Which I don't know how that's going to work out. I know that DC likes to keep This is very speculative. This is very speculative. From a website that we do not I I I, this is one of the few that I have read that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I doubt it. We'll call it it's Heroic Hollywood, and that's not the most reputable website. I've never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. And their source is somebody in a in a in a Reddit forum, I believe. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. We're we're all fan casting right now. We all want to see everything on the screen but as you mentioned earlier with four hours it's gonna be barely possible to fit all of this yeah i have no my thing with teen titans is why would you want to include it i just don't feel the need to like it's still new i don't think it would be that big of fan service i don't think there are that many people like not to bash teen titans but i don't think there are that many fans of it I mean, like, it's it's a it's popular, got a fan base, but it does have a fan base, and it's a great it's a great show too. Don't get me wrong, it's right. just a matter of like if you want to feature something like that on the CW, does it really do them a benefit to to put them in there at all yeah. outside of just like a high and buy? You know, yeah. What I love about this idea, what I love about the crisis period, is the fact that they can use this as a MacGuffin. If any of these shows that are currently in production has mm-hmm. a plot line they need to wrap up or just forget about, or a bad guy that needs yep. to get killed off, crisis. <laughs> just there and gone. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it feels kind of cheap, but hey, you know, speaking of, you wrote that review about um, the most recent season of Arrow that's going to be on Blu-ray very soon. Yeah. And what's great about that set is the fact that, and I think this has always been the case, CW always includes um, the crossover episodes like all the crossover episodes mm-hmm. on any collection you get so if you get flash you're getting that whole crossover if you get arrow you're yeah. getting all those episodes even the supergirl episodes so that's really which cool. is a huge benefit to streaming absolutely because they don't do that when you're watching it streaming right right you're so, just well, all of a sudden you're in a random episode yeah yeah it's like hey here's part three of yeah <laughs> this crossover uh, you got to hunt them down. Hopefully, they're all on the same streaming service. But yeah, with those Blu-rays, um, they they hook you up, and that's kind of yeah. cool. That's that's a value add right there. Absolutely. So yeah, that was plus cool. you can watch it in the bunker. <laughs> that was a part of my review too. That's right. You can watch it in your bunker. But yeah, I'm skeptical of the Teen Titans thing. Not so much with Welling. I have this like secret hope, and this is this is a weird one, but. I have this like little thing where, cause, cause Tom Welling was on Rosenbaum's podcast recently and he was talking about what would he do like if they brought him back and they were talking about like, oh, would you go and do shows like that? And Tom Welling was like, oh, I'd play Batman because that's totally <laughs> different. And I'm like, 
motherfucker, right. what if they bring him on, but he's not Superman, <laughs> he's Bruce Wayne, and then he's Bruce Wayne on Batwoman. That'd be very interesting. That'd I be would so interesting. love that. I would, I would, that's actually the, probably the only thing I would love more than him being, because it would mean more of him in the universe. I mean, that's cool. I, I could see that it's happening. It's not going to happen, but it's just I think my, that's, my, yeah. like, that's a little off-brand for them because they try to they try to put those legacy characters at least on a, a show that fits the legacy. You know, that's that at least that's been their mo up until now. Maybe they'll try to do something special for Welling if he ha- if he gets that itch. Like, um, you well, of course you remember the episodes of Smallville that featured, um, oh my goodness, Christopher Reeve. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, if they if they do that for him, you know, he came and he played a completely new character, still very heavily tied to that lore. We yeah. may see he could pop up on like Krypton or something like that, which is still happening on Sci-Fi. And I hear is very good, but I haven't had a chance. No, to watch it. I'm saying, I'm saying, I either want him to show up in Crisis as Clark Kent, or yeah. I want Crisis to be the launching point where he is Bruce Wayne and Batman in that universe. Now, see, Those are the only two options. I, That's it. <laughs> I, I I admire that and I appreciate that, but. If we're going to do that, if we're going to, if we're going to hype up, um, Katie Kelly or, I'm sorry, what is her name? Um, Bat woman, Bat woman. If we're going to hype her up, Katie Kane, thank you. If we're going to hype her up like that, um, we already know we're getting some Kevin Conroy live action. We could have him play Batman on there. We could have him play a retired Bruce Wayne or whatever. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I'm saying the only other scenario that I would be cool with would be (laughs) if he wanted to play Batman or some villain or I don't know, whatever. I kind of get a vibe that they're going to be mixing in some Batman Beyond lore with Batwoman. Yeah. Just to kind of like, you know, spice it up a little bit. Plus, I mean, like current day, we're in the time that Batman Beyond would have been taking place. I really think we're going to see... I, I think we're going to see like five seconds of Tom Welling. Unfortunately, I think that's what the cami. I, I think it's going to be a very short cameo. Yeah. And it's never going to feel like enough. Well, may, well, we might get some Brandon Routh talking to himself, you know, as the atom. We, yeah, <laughs> I kind of get a feeling. We'll I think see they're going to, they're going to lean way heavier on Ralph than yeah. they are. Tom. Welling. Oh man. If so Tom weird. Welling comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll check it out. I mean, it's gonna be great. Like I said, it's gonna be popcorn. Speculations when running is it wild again? right December? now. Yeah, it's too cool. far away. <laughs> uh, not to sound old, but it'll be here before you know it. Hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So last week, you touched on something that I found very interesting, and I wanted to circle back and discuss that a little bit more. Um, you were talking a little bit about Howard Stern and how your impression has changed about him over the what, years. What was the context? Do you remember the context of this? Man, I really don't. And I don't you either. know, it's He's all just like mushed <laughs> together. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we talk a lot. So yeah. that does happen and that's fair. But, um, you did mention something about Howard Stern and about just like, you know, cause I started, oh, I think it was because, um, I mentioned Robin and how she kind of like, Oh, validates yeah. a lot of the stuff that he said on the show, at least back in the day, as far as being yeah, like, she's, okay, she's the anchor of that show. That show yeah. wouldn't exist without, wouldn't, wouldn't have survived without Robin. She, she was the sanity for a great many years and is still the sanity of that show. Yeah. So Howard Stern, 
has the reputation or has previously had the reputation of being crazy Mm -hmm. on his show to be like to have do really insane bits and to push the limits. And, you know, he is the the most popular radio host ever. Like, there's no doubt about that. He is the biggest ever. No doubt. And he's still huge. Like he still has millions of listeners. He still is an anchor for Sirius XM. Right. He's the reason some people still subscribe. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and pay extra, by the way, because I have incredible. XM, and <laughs> you have to pay extra for Howard Stern, and we do because yeah. we have a friend who's also on there with us, and he, it was originally he wanted it, but I was listening to Stern. <laughs> Imagine uh, that type of pull that you're you're holding up. An antiquated service that basically would not exist without you, which is the the, the satellite pay pay foring uh, pay pay foring God paying for satellite radio like who does that besides Stern fans? I I mean I get it like especially if you're not uh you know like there are people like you know my dad and stuff who regular radio sucks yeah and. But he's not subscribing to uh, Apple, you know, or Spotify or anything like that. Like, yeah, he's subscribing and, you know, he can he can listen to football on there. He can listen to comedy like they have a lot of stand up comedy. That's one of his favorite things. Mine as well. Like there's a lot of different things on. You know, so yeah. I get I still get it. Like, I understand. Like, and I'm being I'm being really tough on it and I'm being kind of, you know just over the top about it but like you're right there is a lot of stuff on there and first world problems but having to control the music that you listen to all the time it's hard guys so sometimes it's nice to let the radio drive you know and yeah it's nice to let the radio drive without commercial interruptions without commercials but also just better music because you can get into such specific genres right like the pearl jam channel Okay, so when I rent a car or, like, if I've just leased a car and I get the preview or something like that, I will check out XM for those couple of weeks just because it's interesting to see, like, where it is. And it does, like, change quite a bit uh, in the interim, you know, when I'm I'm, uh, between subscription. So, yeah, the Pearl Jam channel is amusing to me because this is basically live performances of all your favorite Pearl Jam songs, but... They'll just play like full concerts and it's it's still entertaining. And like you said, yeah. the, the stand up yeah. channel is pretty fun too. I like those. Those are good. Yeah, I don't particularly listen to those specific ones because it's just too much for me, but there's other ones that are anyway, this is not the point. So, <laughs> so, so he's he's incredibly influential. Like there's no doubt about that. He is a cultural touchstone. Yes. For lack of a better term. And but he has this reputation of being like chauvinist and, and this and that. And that's what I had always heard about Howard Stern. Of course. I never really listened to Howard Stern. And I knew, but I, I knew he had bits and I'd seen like private parts and stuff yeah. like that. Like, so I knew he was crazy. He admitted he was doing crazy stuff. Like, it's not as if he denied doing all of these things. Okay. What I think is really interesting about Howard Stern in the past couple of years in particular is that he has become a huge advocate for therapy and seeking mental health. He goes like five days a week or whatever 
and he talks about it. And he had, um, oh, I think it was Cardi B on his mm. show recently. Okay. And he was like, hey, you know what you should do? Because you got so much going on right now. How old are you? You're 26. You got so much going on in your life. You should go to therapy. You should seek <laughs> therapy because it'll yeah. help you out so much. And she's like, I don't have that. He's like, you don't, you don't even know that you have these things until you like get in there. And he's talked openly about he doesn't hate the thing. There, there's a Conan O'Brien's podcast. He's on there and he talks a little bit more in depth about this, but how he, it's not necessarily he regrets the things that he's done. But he wouldn't do it again yeah. and how he's changed his perspective. And I was thinking about this, that, that he has all of these men listening to his show, mm -hmm. that he has a big influence on men and he's a big influence on a lot of problematic men and how hearing a guy that they look up to, that they love, average Joe guys, listening to him go – God, you know, therapy really helped me out. Uh, you know, this thing really, I, and I regret doing this and that. And I, you know, and, and you don't hear any Me Too movement stories about Howard Stern. At least we haven't. We're not hearing him actually disrespecting women. So to me, he's actually a, he seems to be a positive male force right now. Now, that is interesting. And I do wonder about that, too. Because, as you mentioned, my, my basic take on Howard Stern, not listening to him on a daily basis, not having listened to him on a regular basis, even in his, in the height of his popularity, yeah. but having seen private parts and seeing like his appearances on other media around that time, promoting the movie, yeah. it basically came across as just your everyday shock job sort of right. thing. Like Absolutely. he, he was responsible for the creation of that term. All yes. the, uh, the copycats that are around, like, um, your, your Opies and Anthony's and your man cows and those type of guys. 100%. They all owe their career to him. 100% they do. Um, and what's funny about that too is just to get themselves over, they'll often express, uh, bitterness towards him. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's the old guard. We're new. It's like nobody's buying that, dude. If you're doing a Howard Stern shtick, just own up to it and you'll get more respect that way. But there's a certain type of, I don't know, rhythm in these uh, AM radio, uh, not even AM rather, but uh, morning radio uh, yeah. jockeys. They just have a certain way of bullying people, you know, and that hasn't changed with the spinoffs, with, with, the with, with the folks that were inspired by him. It seems like they just got stuck in that routine. Man Cow yeah, is still and doing the same thing. He has evolved. Shtick. He has evolved, I think, in a big way. Yeah. Stern has. And I would also argue he is one of the, and I don't think anyone would disagree with this, but he's one of the greatest interviewers around. Hmm. Like, okay. he breaks through with people, and I've listened to numerous interviews, and it's it, it depends on the person, how he approaches them. It's fascinating to watch hmm. um, because they have – I can listen to it in the car, listen to it on my phone, but they also have video now. So I can okay. watch a video like of him interviewing – so and so. And it's it's so interesting because people come in and they really talk to him and they let their guard down and he he creates an environment where people feel comfortable. Now, it's interesting because it, I find a parallel between him and, and Jimmy Kimmel in that way. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Kimmel is particularly interesting to me. And I saw this ties into what you're talking about. But 
the the whole idea of a overly chauvinistic guy. You know, you look at where he started out at the Man Show um, on Comedy Central and yeah. some other. I think it was on another channel before that too. But it was him and Adam Carolla. And Adam yeah. Carolla was at one point. Um, I don't know. He was a little bit more uh, moderate when it came to his way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he was on, um, Loveline with Dr. Drew. And so he'd hear all kind of different stories from different people who were going through, you know, just all walks of life. And it seemed like he was just kind of level headed. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jimmy Kimmel was like just ultra chauvinistic, ultra out there. Yeah. Doing everything in the name of comedy. As long as it's funny, it doesn't matter. And, and comedy doesn't always age well. That's right. And it, and it doesn't mean that it was right then and it's it's not right now. It, it can always be wrong. Yeah. But, but that's not even where I'm going you know, with this. What, yeah. what I'm what I'm going on what I'm going off of with this one is it's amazing that now Adam Carolla is the more like conservative guy. Yeah. After all these years and now Jimmy Kimmel is the outspoken like I guess, you know, you you have, you have to put him in a in a uh, in a cup and be like, you know, the liberal cup, whatever. Yeah. Uh but he's the one that's outspoken about freedom of speech and about, you know, just equal rights and all that stuff. It's amazing. And I I wonder what happened in their careers, you know, besides the obvious of him getting a, a you know, network TV show and Adam kind of doing his own thing over the years. Uh, what happened with them that put them on such drastically different this, paths? This is a weird question, but I, I does Ad, do you know if Adam Carolla has children? Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, because okay. I used to listen to his podcast because he was like, you know, one of the biggest podcasts in the world at one point. Um, but then it got a little repetitive to me. I know he's got a strong fan base. I don't want to, you know, dig in too hard on that. But yeah, I will say that there kids. are there. Okay. <laughs> This is how I will put it because there is a fan base out there. One of I find a different host person who is in the podcast realm who has a large influence yeah. to be far more problematic, um, but not as overtly as everyone else thinks Howard Stern is. Um, there is some toxic masculinity out there, and I do not think Howard Stern deserves that bullshit label anymore okay the label that i i would argue um some very famous comedians who have very famous podcasts um are doing and poisoning the brains of many people yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah but yeah i i totally hear what you're saying it's just as I mentioned before, I, I feel like it's Howard Stern's acolytes that are doing him more of a disservice now than it's just Howard Stern himself. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, Shock Jock did not exist before Howard Stern made yes. it a thing. So, and I mean, it's not like he, he can't have these guys have a come to Jesus moment because they are so bitter towards him. It's like, you know, kids growing up and hating their parents or something like that, but still yeah. doing basically the same thing that their parents did. So, yeah, Man Cow's never going to have a come-to-Jesus moment. And it's weird because, like, you know, Chicago's done so much for him. He's been here for years. Um, he's been on the airwaves forever as far as, you know, just me in high school and, and beyond. Um, he's got a wife. He's got kids and everything like that. But he still thinks his shit doesn't stink. 
And it yes. just fascinates me, just like the stuff that he gets away with, the phone pranks and the, you know, the, the mocking songs about politicians and stuff like that. It's just all cookie cutter, yeah. just bullshit. And it's just people love it. This is what they love on their drive in the work. Yeah, I, I would. It's funny because I would encourage people to go listen to Stern, more recent Stern bits. And I think he, he has a YouTube channel, so mm-hmm. he has some bits out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how recent this is. I don't know if this was like Trump getting elected, like how many, how that messed up so many people. Um, (laughs) I don't know if it's been many, I know he's talked about like how he's been in therapy for many years. He even talked about when he was promoting his latest book, which is, you know, his favorite interviews and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, how much he regretted his previous books because he hurt his daughters, you know, like he hurt his family and how, he doesn't want to, you know, bring pain. He doesn't want to. It, it, I mean, the the it, particularly Conan O'Brien's podcast, him on Conan O'Brien's podcast, those two talking is just wonderful. Um, I really, you know, so I, I never hated Stern. I never viewed him in a really negative light. I was kind of like, I oh, some dicks listen to him, but you know, I I kind of went, ugh, okay, whatever. And I don't view that way now. I hope that he continues to speak the way that he's speaking about, particularly therapy, because I think that the more men, particularly men who are admired by other men, like like other men admire him, look up to him, who talk about their feelings, who talk about breaking things down. I think that's incredibly powerful. And I think that that helps everyone in our society. Now, I hope that his listeners do take that from him. They take that example. Yes. And don't simply just turn the channel and say, oh, you know, Stern's going soft. I'm going to try something else now because, uh, well, what's, you know. What's, okay, but this is what I think is brilliant is that he's gone soft, but he hasn't. He's still doing his funny – he's still funny and edgy and yeah. he's, it's weird. It's really weird to listen to him and to still hear Stern but to hear him go, yeah, you know what? This is a, this is a fucking part of life too. It's He does <laughs> like it in that. a masterful way that yeah. is it, – it's just like his interviews where I'm like, how the fuck did you get them to admit that? How did you get them to just say that thing? <laughs> and I'm like, how this is this is some crazy magic that you've got. He, he just has that ability, and I think I think it's really cool. Um, I mean, if I could work, like, at a radio station, I have no interest in any of them except for Stearns. Like, that would be a really cool job, like, I think. Because I just, I, I admire the work that he's doing, weirdly. Um, and I know that's, <laughs> that's such a strange thing to say, but I think that he, he doesn't seem like the same guy... From private parts, you know, he doesn't seem like that same guy. There's parts of him. It's not as if he's completely, he's completely new or whatever in a weird way. He's still yeah. the same guy, but he's evolved. I well, love seeing cool. people evolve. Me too. And it's it's interesting to see people evolve on a world stage like that because, yeah, you know, the bigger the name you are, the more chance you have to fuck up and just fuck up out loud. There are all kinds of things that people do in their personal lives that they wouldn't want being public, and they don't have to worry about it because they're not a celebrity. Yeah. But when you're Howard Stern and you get lowered onto a stage in a butt man costume on a award mm-hmm. show, that shit's on video forever. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's no going back. Just like Eminem. Eminem is as is, is chauvinistic and is, you know, just homophobic and homophobic yeah. and everything that he was. You know, he evolved, but yeah. we're never gonna forget the sins of his youth because he sold he platinum so many fucking albums, you know? Well, we just talked about this well, privately, we talked about Sarah Silverman, how she had that blackface bit that she did on the Sarah Silverman program years ago. And how she kind of just goes, yeah, I did this, and I understand it upsets people, and I'm appalled by it. I can't change it. It's out there. And that's that's kind of, Stern's kind of doing the same thing, where it's like, yeah, no, this is this is a these are things that I did, and I can't change it, even if I regret it, and I do cringe at these past things at times. Yeah. But yeah. I I can't I can't say that didn't happen, or or you know you shouldn't hold me. You know, look, I I understand the climate we're in. You know, right, right. You know, and I, I, I read something today. Just it's fairly simple, but it made perfect sense to me. You know, when you cringe at something that you did in the past, it just means that you evolved. Yes. That you've learned absolutely. and grown from that. Yeah. And yeah, I do that shit frequently. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. we all do. And if you're not doing that, you need to reevaluate some things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Really just kind of step outside of yourself for a minute and just, you know. Yeah. Consider some things. But anyway. No, that's that's really interesting about Howard Stern. And I, I'm glad that you put that in perspective, because that's something that I wouldn't normally consider, you know. And it's uh, my perspective. And and if particularly other women don't want to even give him a shot, I, I'm like, that's fair. That's OK, too. That's yeah. that's perfect. You you have every right. My my defense is that I I really try to see like the best in people. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And I kind of look at people. I'm like, really, what are you putting out there? That's one thing I, I look at with a lot of like, particularly men who are influential right now. I'm like, what are you putting out there? Not necessarily like, you know, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Like, what is the the vibe that you're putting out into the world? What are the ideas that you're putting out into the world? The little things that you're saying that I I worry could influence negatively or positively. And then it goes can that be changed? Can that not be changed? You know, it, it's a whole separate thing, but I, I really feel personally support towards if I, if I get that feeling that you're putting something out into the world that is desperately needed and men will listen to you <laughs> in the case of Stern. Yeah. Go, go yeah. man, go with God, like keep, keep doing it. And that's that's kind of my opinion on him at the moment. And that could change, you know, just like everyone else, you know, like he could, you know, do something really shitty or something could go out. I mean, of course, that could be that way. But as of now, I don't view him the way I think a lot of women maybe view him. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how popular he is uh, or or unpopular is he like i know that there's a divided uh feeling on stern yeah yeah and i mean he is at the age now where it's kind of like all right he's kind of entered a harmless old man era of his life so he gets that that weird pass kind of like you know other other folks get yeah but sometimes when they get into that harm when guys get in that harmless old man stage that you're talking about like yeah you just excuse shit and i feel like he's not He's not even excusing his own shit. 
Like, he's just going, no, that was fucking stupid. Listen to the Conan O'Brien. I, I feel like I'm not fully summarizing it well. That Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend episode with Howard Stern is okay. good shit. I, yeah. I highly recommend it. Gotcha. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. You know who I would recommend checking out? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kid Rock, man. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't understand where this... I mean, I know he's a conservative and stuff. Sure. And Why he is he visit, mad at her, Taylor Swift? I don't know. If, it seems like just jealousy. You know, like, okay. So there was a tweet earlier this week where Kid Rock, for some reason, spoke out against Taylor Swift, of all people. He, he um, basically, in so many words, said that the only reason that she's um, anti-Trump and... and a Democrat now is to get in good with Hollywood or Holly weird as he referred to it as, because you oh, know that's don't you yeah. love two things that I love when people call Hollywood, Holly weird. Right. And when they call the news media, the lamestream media, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, it's right up there you with sheeple. So stupid. Yeah. You are a dumb, dumb person. <laughs> Oh he God. really is. I mean, first of all, no one cares about Kid Rock. He's he's been. Uh, I don't even have the strength to talk about Kid Rock for this long, but I'm gonna I'm gonna soldier on here. We're gonna talk about what a fool he is. Like I don't care about Taylor Swift. I'm not a fan of her music. I don't really care for her. She's fine. I got nothing against her, but I'm not like riding hard for Taylor Swift or anything like that. I used to listen to Kid Rock's music because I once was a dumb hormonal teenage boy. You were with the ball to be, what is it? Ball, <laughs> ball with the ball? The bang to bang diggy? Yeah, that bullshit. Um, but the every, only, I can honestly say the only Kid Rock song I ever liked was because of Sheryl Crow. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that was it. A... I can, that's one of the few that I can, <laughs> I can say that. Look, I will fully admit when I like horse shit or, or liked horse shit or still like horse shit. Yeah. This, that is one of the few cases where I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl Crow? Yeah, I like okay. Cheryl Crow enough to do sure. this. But yeah. yeah, that's it. He had to hitch his wagon to Cheryl Crow in order to be relevant again. Yeah, she's like, so good. That, he's he's yeah. tried so many genres and he's been, he's been kicked out of all of them, basically. He tried to do rap. We said, hell no. He yeah. tried to do hard rock. Like, no, you're done with that. He tried country. Nobody paid attention. But it seems like the common factor in all of this shit is he always seems to rip somebody off. Like, you know, he was taking old, like, uh, guitar riffs from, from Metallica, Leonard Skinner, and all that stuff, and just trying to make them something that they, they're not. Man, these I are remember when songs. he wanted to be Bob Seeger, like, so fucking bad. <laughs> and I was like, really, dude? That's yeah. who you pick? That's the, that, you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's, I want to be Bob Seeger. That's his lane. I don't right think there. Bob Seeger wants to be Bob Seeger. What? No. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just kind of odd that he took a stab at her. And she's just living her life and doing her job. And, you know, more power to her, man. You know, she's got her fan base. She ain't heard nobody. Let Taylor Swift be Taylor Swift. That's that's fine. But what was great was when he made this dig talking about how she's trying to get in good with Hollywood um, you know, and saying, yeah, we all know how casting couches work or something like that. It was something reminiscent. What a wonderful climate. 
to, te- yeah. to tell such jokes. Yeah. And basically it was like people were tweeting him pictures of his cameo in uh, the critically acclaimed Joe Dirt. I lied. No one saw that movie except for David Spade's <laughs> mom. Um, and both but, of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Comedy Central is all in the background sometimes. So it's just on. And yeah. Kid Rock shows up on the TV. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Kid Rock, you're a fucking hypocrite, and you're out. You're, you're no one cares about you, dude. Just sit your ass down. I was very surprised that it trended on the level that it did. I guess we were just kind of bored and in between stories at the moment. I guess you know we just needed somebody to yell at besides Trump for a day, and he just was convenient. That's true. We needed yeah. a break. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's one of those old men that signs his name on tweets as well, which is kind Kid of Kid Rock funny. does? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, him and fucking Hulk Hogan. Maybe it's a racist thing. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's like a, a sign of that. racist tweet differently? <laughs> tweet just, like your own kind. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the emoji game is one thing, but yeah, just signing your own name to tweets when it's from your account. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. So I mean, that's got to be I have people running my account. This is the actual me. So like you're only signing the shittiest ones, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least he owned it, you know? Like hey, this yeah. is me. I I did this shit. Yeah. I pooped here. This is Which this is, is another tweet. testament to his stupidity Absolutely. that he's like, yeah, I own this. <laughs> this is mine. I'm At least he didn't food suggestions about Taylor Swift. Yeah. At least he didn't do the bullshit thing from about five years ago where people are like, I was hacked. I don't know how that happened. It wasn't me. Yeah. I'll get to the bottom of this, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Remember when that used to be that, a thing? That's like when OJ was like, I am going to find the killer. Yeah. Whoever did this, I will find them. And we're like looking around like, um, bud, did no one tell you? You fucking did it. Like what? We all know, man. It's not a big secret, man. We, we, we know. We it's know you got away with that. still one of my favorite like true crime things of yeah. him going, I'm going to find the person who did this. <laughs> We're like, bitch, what? <laughs> what on. are you talking about? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> we all know, dude. So, yeah, Kid Rock is bullshit. He's so, stupid. he is. There's that. I feel bad for even seeing my I, my mouth feels wrong for even saying his name so many times. It's like just ugh, ugh. It's not a great name either. No. Like that was the how many how many times did he write a different shitty name down on a little <laughs> scratch pad and land on Kid Rock? And, and, and he was like, "That's the one." That's it. That's that's my professional name from now on. That's yeah. that's me right there. It's like when you watch Parks and Rec and and they're like, you know, no, we're Mouse Rat now, and you're like, really? That's the one you landed on? <laughs> that's the one. Or like, what was the uh, the name of the band on Orange Is the New Black? Uh, oh, Side Boob. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, like that. That's really. Ugh, Kid Rock, really? That's that's okay. Yeah. See, you just get angry just thinking about his existence, right there. Yeah. yeah. So, on top of that tweet, everything else. Anyway, let's talk I, I about. Can't... Let's call him Child <laughs> Jazz. Let's just change it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Child jazz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, God. That'd be a nightmare. Just jazz written by or for children. Oh, God. Look, let's let's keep it. Let's keep it real. Just regular jazz can be bad enough. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like the kids bop of jazz. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Kids bop jazz. Yes. <laughs> Now that's what I call smooth jazz. Yeah. Oh my god. Kids Bob. I I worked when I when I was getting my community service hours in for summer like uh for your, when you're applying to college, like you have to have x amount of community service hours. I worked with kids in this like technology. It was pretty cool like they were teaching kids how to program computer software and stuff like that. But it was like, you know, age ranges were eight to 15 or I don't know, something like that. And they played yeah. kids pop. And I was just like, I'm going to fucking die here. This is it. This is, I'm done. Tap out. <laughs> and That's then like, I, they, the kids, it was like, they could sense that I didn't like them. And they didn't <laughs> like, I was like, I it's just kind of one of those things. Keep your tiny gross hands away from me. And I'll stay away from you. In retrospect, I should not have done that. But I was like, I'm going to apply to film school, so I want to have technologies. So, you know, I was like, well, to be is- fair, I mean, that's that's a that's good words to live by at any stage of life. Keep your gross hands off me, and I'll do the same. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was, yeah. However many hours I put into it were too many for me. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I did I did one of those summer programs too. Uh, before I went to college, I, I did like uh, Block 37 we had in Chicago where they would teach you to um, put together a stage production and uh, learn how to work on your resume as well. It was like the same yeah. class. It was interesting. But it was weird because somehow I was the oldest kid in this program and everybody else was like a younger team. And so I felt like the old man <laughs> of this class. Oh, what you're just... describing to me now is me in college. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just my life now in college. I'm like, oh, God damn it. When were you born? Fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like that um that list of uh, popular apps that you sent me earlier. Oh, like, yeah. Half of these are fake. I'm like, you know, you're probably right. Did you recognize half of those apps? Grinder doesn't exist. That's... No, Grinder Grinder is real. I keep getting rejected. I don't know why. But <laughs> I I those apps, I'm like, what the fuck is this? What well, is it? We'll post the picture in the Facebook group. If you want to get in the Facebook group, join our Patreon. That's how you get in there. That's right. But uh yeah. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Weird shit, man. So, so I briefly want to touch on this Game of Thrones thing. Uh oh. Okay. Because it, <laughs> frankly, is quite depressing for me. Damn. <laughs> um. So, for Emmys, for Emmy nominations, you have to, if you want to qualify for screen, original writing, um, best writing for you know a drama series or whatever, you have to submit scripts. If you want to qualify for Emmys, you got to yes. submit those scripts. Yes. Yes. So, um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who were the creators of Game of Thrones, they submitted their scripts for the nominations. And 
because they're submitting, it's open. Like, it, uh-huh. it becomes open to the public kind of thing. Uh, which is why, you know, at this point, you can't submit, like, you know, if you're worried about something getting out, you can't really do it. And they're, the realization that they are horrible writers is deeply depressing. Not only are they horrible writers, they don't know how to write screenplays. Like, Damn. their format is fucked. So, <laughs> just just reading some of, some little bits from this, okay? Um, this is, okay, so obviously spoilers, guys. If you, Absolutely, yeah, you, if you know. haven't seen it by now. Yeah, it's yeah. uh well um, I'll say this if you haven't begun Game of Thrones yet by the time that you get to this episode you'll forget all of this anyway so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um so so one of the one of the descriptions in here is her satanic this is describing Danny her satanic majesty's request. <laughs> that's a description in a screenplay. Okay. That sounds like uh Okay. This is mm. buddy, we're just getting started. Oh boy, buckle up. The Dothraki scream and raise their uh I don't know how to pronounce this, but their swords into the air. We have some badass looking Dothraki in the mix. Hell yeah. They said that in the fucking screenplay. <laughs> in the mix. Okay. okay. Yeah. Tyrion, who understands enough Valyrian to get the gist of what she's saying, looks around the ruined city. Okay. So that's like a that's a fine description. If this is liberation, he doesn't believe in liberation theology. That makes little to no sense, but okay. First of all, he's getting into the mind of the character, which is not something you do in screenplays, no. by the way. No, you um, let the director and the actor make that decision. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> <sighs> this is, the, I mean, they're writing. Arya watched from afar, cool and hooded. Cool. I don't understand what that means. Appraising Danny and her forces. Arya hated Cersei as much as anyone. That doesn't mean she likes the new boss. To her, it looks like the Seven Kingdoms just traded one tyrant for another. Wait, maybe maybe it's the way you're reading it. Because you're obviously disappointed with the content here. Let me take a stab at one. Is there is no. there another one in here? Uh Hold on. I I'm trying to find the right one. That's Okay, we'll we'll get to the Kit Harrington isn't tall section here. Yeah, for that. Okay. The massive dragon stares at the diminutive man. Studying him with eyes that seem just as intelligent as John's own. Okay. No, that still sucks. Yeah. Still okay. Sucks. Okay. Um, why don't you go to the next one, which is <laughs> which is Drogon burning the Iron Throne? Why don't you go oh, and read that oh. one, which is in the green? Yeah. It was for... by accident. That was supposed Hold to be on. by accident. Hold okay. on. Just okay. keep. All just right. read. Just read the. He looks down at John forward. Okay. He looks down at John. We see the fire build up in his throat. John sees it as well. He prepares to die. But the blast is not for him. Drogon wants to burn the world, but he will not kill John. 
He breathes fire on the back wall, blasting down what remains of the great red blocks of stone. We look over John's shoulder as the fire sweeps toward the throne, not the target of Drogon's wrath, just a dumb bystander caught up in the conf- conflagration. I couldn't do it. That what? last bit was dumb. Isn't that fucking stupid? That man? is dumb. A dumb bystander caught up in the conflagration. So, the writing was bad. The writing was already bad. The idea was bad. This was a scene that I wish I didn't ever read what thought was put into it because it just makes it seem so broy and douchey. It makes it so much worse. It really does. And and any defense <laughs> that I had of them is really bad. Oh, give him give him the Emmy. Give him all oh. the Emmys, please. All of the And Emmys. this makes me wonder, is this what they've been writing for years? Have their screenplays been this fucking terrible? I I read Slush for Uncanny Magazine. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's I love doing it because you get I'm an sorry. idea. Real quick. Different... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the end of dialogue here. Um, this is this is uh, just some weird Bran and LOL Bran's weird is the way that they describe it. Bran dialogue. And Drogon, any word? Samwell. He was last spotted flying east. Braun. The further away, the better. Bran. Perhaps I can find him. Do carry on with the rest. Okay, so that's our dialogue. Um, and then this is what this is their description. That's weird. But so is the new king. Wow. Thanks for that, guys. Your words couldn't just speak for themselves. Thanks for having to point out. Apparently, the actor who plays Bran thought it was a joke the first time he read it. <laughs> he thought he was given a joke script. If you look in the room, like as they're doing the read for the final episode, I know you've seen all the behind the scenes stuff, too, that HBO's put out there. Yeah. It does look like a lot of them aren't really like, oh, I'm so in shock of all, all that's going on. Yeah. Looks like they're like, really? This is what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> a- anyway, I mean, I was pretty much done. There's more to it. But <laughs> at one point they say that in the descriptions they go, John and Sansa both failed geography. So they're just like, being that's... funny. They're trying to be, like, amusing during this whole thing. It's clear that they didn't want to do this. And, look, they it was clear before that yeah. they were trying to end it so quickly that they put themselves on a shitty schedule. Um, and they did that because they wanted to get out. And we were all like, okay, well, I guess that's what they're going to do. All right. Um, they should have handed this show off to someone else. That That is what is very apparent to me right now from reading this script why are you even doing this anymore man i i think and and to be honest if it's contract hbo should have fired them they should have been fired i think at that point it would have been a bigger debacle to part ways with them like i don't think there'd be any type of like clear way to do it and then on top of that we would have been inundated all this time by the same Zack Snyder apologists, like release the Snyder cut and all that stuff, yeah. it would have been the same thing. Yeah. What I that's fuck. I love that shit, man. It's hilarious that they think that there's some magical cut of Justice League that exists from yeah. Zack Snyder that is just like head and shoulders better than what we got. But in actuality, just, I mean, yeah. just objectively, it's gonna be worse because one, it wasn't finished, and two. 
they saw what they had and thought it was bad enough to have to bring in somebody else. Yeah. It's just deeply upsetting for me because I love Game of Thrones so yeah. much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Game of Thrones. I love the stories, and then I went, okay, he's not done with the books. Right. So I'll have the show. At least I'll know the ending. At least I'll know this and that. And <laughs> this, what, what I can't, like, the conclusion that I came to, I'm like, okay, so what you got here is they didn't know the ending. Right. He had some bullet points, but they don't know how to write at all. They only knew how to mildly adapt. Yeah. And as soon as they had to write, it, they were fucked. It was done. And it that's it's just it sucks. But anyway, so we'll you know we'll post this article. You can go read more of it. If you There's want. a lot more, a lot more to be disappointed in. Um, you know, we just know that throughout the entire process, they're breaking every rule of screenwriting and you they're not even doing it for good reason. One of the most like forgiving, apologetic people of the entire experience of the final season of game of Thrones, you fought tooth and nail to give it a fair shake. You wanted people yeah. to, to respect the fact that, you know, it had been such a long journey and these are the guys that got us there and, and just, you know, all that, all that stuff. You yeah. want to give them a fair shake. And just yeah. to, to see this, like. This feels like the nail in the coffin yeah. for me. If it's either, you're either completely talentless or you didn't give a shit. Right. But the reason and I bring that up is because you're not. I, I, it's unacceptable. You're not jumping me. on the bandwagon. You really no. did try to give them the benefit of the doubt longer than anybody else that I know. Even reading, yeah. like, even listening to, like, the, you know, the, the downsides, you know, the, the, the bad reviews of it. Just like, yeah. you know, that's not really fair. You know, you tried to give them a fair and balanced shake. I did. I initially, when the finale ended, I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. I said that. I've yeah. done that numerous times before. <laughs> but, but it's kind of cool. And then, like, time wears on me, and I'm like, oh, man, that didn't make sense. What? The silver, the silver lining here for me, though, is the fact that even given... Seeing what they have here and seeing, you know, what they actually came up with, what the result was, is a testament to how great the rest of the team is. You know, the actors yeah. and the producers and, and just like, you know, the, the second unit directing staff, the folks that came out there and really tried to shine up this turd of a, of a screenplay to make it something watchable. Kudos yeah. to them. I mean, you know, we, we, we saw like, <laughs> These characters just get these untimely demises, and they made it seem like it mattered. So, you know, kudos to the team, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I still want those books, George. Please. <laughs> Please. I still want them. I wonder if it's affected his, like, gumption at this point. Like, yeah, I don't want to touch that ever again because they fucked it up. Or is he like, I need to set my baby right. What's it going to be? I saw, I saw someone kind of conspiracy theorying, and... I'm not one to, to normally buy into conspiracy type things, but when they said it, I was like, oh, fuck. Was that this is what George wanted all along, which was just <laughs> to become a celebrity and to get the success and to get all of this money and to get to the point where he can make, like, be a producer of movies and everything like that, and that yeah. he never intended on finishing them. 
that is a very negative and I'm not saying I buy into it. Right. But I'm it made me for a second go, Fuck. You know what? Say what you will about Mark Millar. When he sets out to uh, you know, pitch something in comic book form, he finishes those stories. He you does. Know? So that's yeah. That's a testament to him being a professional, if anything. You know, I don't like we all don't the choices know. he makes. That's such a conspiracy thing about George R. R. Martin. I want to believe <laughs> the best in him. You yeah. know, I, I I also think that he has a way of weaving a story that clearly they don't fucking understand. That you know, his even if everything is the same, the way that he does it will probably be. It'll make sense. Yeah. Because that was the worst part was feeling like the pieces of the puzzle were probably correct, but that they were shoved into the wrong sections. <laughs> I can't was, blame him too hard. That was what really bothered me. I can't be mad at him too too tough because, like, you know, who? what would anybody do in this situation with the, with the, the star, uh, you know, that he, he attained? Yeah. You know, the celebrity that he attained so fast. Yeah. Uh, when it when it started to get popular, I mean, he's doing yeah, red carpets. People are asking him all these various questions. He's got to go to all these like sci-fi award shows and everything like that. Um, where do you find the time? Where do you yeah. really find the time to? Uh, you I know, hope that write? it encourages him even more because now maybe he can go. All right, there's a little bit of pressure off of me, and now people want the books more than ever at the same time. Like. I don't have to worry about disappointment because they already fucked it up. So I can only improve from here, right? Maybe? I don't know. All he has to do is change the ending a little bit, too. Yeah. Well, we'll if see. If he how changes long that the takes. ending, if he changes the ending, he's got an instant bestseller if it wasn't already before. <laughs> right, right. Just a little bit. It doesn't even have to be completely different. It could just be like, you know, alternate director's cut ending. This is what I wanted to happen. Just market it that way. John and Danny should have had a child it doesn't make any sense everything oh my god i can't look, do this in the book look no in, in, in the, the book, show <laughs> in the show everything leads up to this right. it makes sense the fire and ice they have a child and then basically what they should have done is instead of saying she goes crazy they both are sane and good but one of them dies and that's the tragedy and then there's this child, and they basically have to raise the child that's going to be the song of fire and ice that's going to be the future. Yep. Because here's the fucking thing. That, <laughs> here's the fucking thing about Bran. Okay. Is that they're acting like Bran is some sort of democratic solution. He's not. The wheel is going to go right back in place when his bitch ass dies. He's the kid that just trips balls every now and then and sees things. That's all. He is still a part he's still a king they're like he can't have children that's great what the fuck are you talking about you're going to have you're telling me that you're going to pick someone who can't have children every time no you're not you're going to pick someone and the monarchy is going to be restored it's going to happen the biggest you middle just finger put a fucking band-aid on this the biggest middle and, finger uh, was when sam pitched you know a democratic solution and they all laughed at him i'm like fuck you guys no that was actually the most realistic response to I it mean, which, is, which is fuck democracy because we're so far back in the stone ages here you know yeah that made sense to me the fact that this is another thing too no one suggested john 
<laughs> I understand what he just did, but nobody brought up the fact that John is both the rightful heir and possibly saved them all from annihilation. No, what are they worried about? Fucking Grey Worm? That one what dude's mad though. He gonna do? But he's but he's angry though. You gotta They could have oh my god, Grey Worm doesn't know the customs. They're like, We're sending John to the wall. All they do is stick him in a fucking basement for a while. Grey Worm's leaving. He's leaving. Right. They don't have to actually follow through on sending John to the wall. Just send John to the wall, get him a haircut and a shave. Nobody will know the difference. What are you going to say? There's so many white people there. They're going to confuse him with another white dude. It's fine. I mean, I was fine with John being free in the North because he's not at the wall. He's not. There's no way. He's king of... He's king of the true north now. Like, oh, no, he, he boned out of there. He's going to go off and have wildling babies and, and live his own life. He's probably <laughs> got the happiest ending of the bunch next to Sansa. Ari is just going to die. What's west of Westeros? She's probably just going to fucking die in it's that It's the boat. edge of the world. This is, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a flat earth there. So yeah. it's just the edge of the Maybe. world. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> She's going to fall off the game board. That's what's yeah. going to happen. So... That's I don't that. know. It's tough. It's why tough. did we? Why did we? Why did I talk about Game of Thrones again? That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> because you wanted to prepare yourself for the Wall of Weird. That was a yep. terrible segue. Wall of Weird is Wall here. of Weird. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wall of Weird from Huffington Post. David Moy. Moye. 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 Just so you guys know, if you ever want the links, I always post them in our Facebook group. That's However, right. if you're questioning the link, if you want the link, message us, post on our wall or whatever, I'll send you the link. We'll give no you problem. what you need, baby. Yeah, I have I have no problem particularly sending you the links of the writers who did this work, so you can share or whatever. Colorado Bear smashes through wall like Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. <laughs> a bear. Hold on, I gotta stop my cat from chewing on the cord. Stop oh, it, no. you little shit. Alright. He's he's grumpy at me, but he's fine. Okay. A bear entered a Colorado home Friday looking for um eggs. <laughs> um okay. but his exit was straight out of a Kool-Aid commercial. Estates Park homeowner John Solowinski said the bear entered the house through an open door after smelling some goodies in the garage. Wow. Uh, so I guess they had some, maybe they, okay. So it says, instead of closing the door, he went upstairs for a few minutes. He was giving the bear a chance to, okay. He was giving the, the hungry bear a chance to get inside Get some deviled eggs that were in the trash can. <laughs> it says, however, things got tricky when the animal, animal accidentally closed the door with the trash can and became stuck inside the home. Wow. So this guy was like, oh, yeah, okay, just go ahead and take some of the deviled eggs, bud. Okay. And <laughs> the bear did manage to get out by taking, um, it says, it says uh, this is the actual police. This is what they said. Upon officer's arrival, said bear forcibly breached a hole in the wall like the Kool-Aid man and made his escape. <laughs> That's what the police officer said. In this day and age, even the bears are scared of the cops. That's where that's what we've become, America. This is terrible. This is awful. Bears Kool-Aid manning out of houses and whatnot. So yeah. 
What gives and then me, they warned you not to put deviled eggs in your trash can for what fear gives me, of bears. The, the homeowner was just resolved to the fact that like he left the door open and the bear came in. He's like, all right, that's on me. I can't be mad. Like The bear's here. Let's just let the bear just do what he does and then leave. I know this is Colorado, but I got to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to go like, oh, yeah, the bear just – he got in there. It's oh, yeah. not, I know that's not Colorado voice, but I don't care, guys, because I'm, I'm doing my voices. Hey, there. The bear got in, and, you know, you got to let him do his thing. Once he gets in, the bear is not going to leave until he gets oh, his double no, we just We just let him in. He's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. His name's he, – he's got he's got a picnic basket there. He's got a picnic gotta basket. got to let him in. His name, we, well, his name is Boomer. You, you're not going to let a picnic basket in? What are you going to do? What kind of person are you? Huh? What kind of neighbor are you to not let a bear in with a picnic basket? He needs his eggs. He brings his own picnic basket? He's got he's got a fresh pitcher of lemonade. What are you going to do? <laughs> so the bear basically ate these nasty trash deviled eggs and then had to bone out because he probably had to poop after eating those nasty yeah. deviled eggs and just Kool-Aid through the wall. Animals have different immune systems, though. So That's true. That's or true. digestive systems, I guess, is what I was thinking. Did you ever shave one of those bears in Red Dead Redemption? Oh, my God. I'm glad you finished the Red Dead Redemption part, because <laughs> I was trying to process the first half of that sentence. Like, what? Like, have I ever been? Like, only once. <laughs> it was a weird day. It was um, a very weird day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think so yeah they i don't look, think i did they look very odd uh when they're shaved like even you can find a picture of a shaved bear online too just like want to see it's that very odd looking man it's kind of disturbing because they're so like small after they're that, shaved too. that always freaks me out all animals are like that though now, with fur, like you look like a wet rat like what <laughs> i'm gonna google <laughs> shaved bear and it's gonna ruin my search history so Ooh. Have fun with that. I don't yeah. want to know. <laughs> well, yes, I do enjoy leather sport. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, shave bear. It's just testicles, isn't it? Wall to wall ball. Like, is this what you're looking for? Make sure to turn safe search on first. And then Google shave bear. Um, so, yeah, they just look really like... If the images dogs. aren't disturbing enough, you can post them when we post the episode in yeah. the group. So Shave Bear basically looks like a, a human being wearing a dog suit trying to crawl around on all fours. And it's just... <laughs> it's not selling me, bud. No, That's man. It's creepy. It's the creepiest. <laughs> just I'm just letting you know right now. It ain't it ain't natural. Bears need hair. Yikes. Bears. Yeah. Bears need hair. Bears need hair. It sounds like donate, a children's donate book. Donate your hair to bears. <laughs> All of a sudden we start hair. playing Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that so many bears need hair? Like, like just, oh my God. So dumb. It is. So, yeah, bears bears need hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else? Like, our next note for the Wall of Weird is just, uh, we had Prince Robot. Yeah, you sent me that thing, but I didn't have the article. Oh. <laughs> so I didn't. There's so. a guy, like, he's, he's wearing a... a <laughs> An old, like... What is it? He sent it to me. A CRT TV yeah. as, a, as, a, as a head, as a helmet. Yeah. 
and delivering TVs to people's doorsteps and just walking yeah, away. Yeah, just dropping off TVs like a fucking creeper. Yeah. And he looks like Prince Robot from Saga. So that's just <laughs> Like, can you see through one of those if you put it on? Like, if you take the... No, because I guess the tube would be part of the glass, right? No. You could remove everything but the the front glass right so I, I don't know i guess that's yeah i would say it's tr- it's it's murky but translucent well okay so i would here's... say you could see like like you remember how michael myers <laughs> has how he can see um a little bit but it's all blurry and fuzzy in like the beginning of the movie because he's wearing the mask. Oh, I would yeah. say it's something like that. Like I'd be I'd be aggravated too if that were the case. But I will I will supplement it with this. I've seen people cosplay as Prince Robot the Fourth, and they've had those non reflective uh, you know TVs on. So isn't that heavy though, or is it just plastic? It's not that. It's bad. just plastic. I mean, I'm sure they've gutted it and everything, and it's just like a small like computer monitor. That they're using yeah. more than likely. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, I I wouldn't imagine you could look outside <laughs> of one of those from the inside. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to test it out. He's guided by scent and sexual arousal. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. all you need in life, my that's, friend. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So uh, that's that. That seems like a good place to stop, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear God, please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they'll catch Prince Robot. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see how that goes, and we'll of course uh, once we find the link to the article, put it in the notes as well. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on another excellent adventure. Um, Next week is going to be different. Yeah. For the show. Yeah, we're taking a week off. However, you will still get an episode. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, um, you are getting next week's episode a week early. Yep. uh, If you're in that five dollar up tier Um, and we're going to be talking about our favorite candy bars. It's really fun. There's a special guest. Yay. So that's going to go up this week for the Patreon people next week. Instead of releasing a new episode, we're going to give you guys a Patreon preview episode, and we're going to release that to the public. So you guys can listen to that one and let us have a week off so Mac can go on vacation and I can prep for back to school, back to school, (laughs) to prove to my dad that I'm not a fool. Anyway, (laughs) so, you know, uh, we kind of need that that time off. So we we double recorded tonight and... uh, yeah, so you'll you'll still get an episode next week. If you're already a subscriber, it's going to be a repeat. But if you're not, it's a nice preview of to what you could get as to what you could get if you uh, sign up for Patreon. That's right, folks. And we always uh, want to let you know we appreciate uh, you know you guys chipping in and cheering us on as we go through this journey, this adventure, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned to the social medias. We'll post our um, our graphic novel challenge picks because oh, honestly, I do have mine. I'm not prepared, so <laughs> I'm I can just wait. say mine real quick. I'm jumping back into Lumberjanes. I've nice. read the first two volumes. I'm just going into three. So okay, okay. that's my pick. Well, if I, you know, uh, I guess I'm gonna go with Ghostbusters because I just got <laughs> you don't volumes. have to pick right now, buddy. Well, no, but 
I want to pick Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> and I, okay. I, yeah. I'm looking for an excuse to pick it. Because Volume yeah. 3 and 4 just showed up in the mail today, and I'm super excited to see how they transition from the classic team to the uh, the new Ghostbusters in the cool. storyline. So it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. This has been a fun one. It has. Sorry I ranted about Game of Thrones. Everyone's like, God damn it, Lex. <laughs> Last week we had to hear about your stupid fucking diet. And this week we have to hear about how mad you are that the dragon show betrayed you. Hey, you know oh what? That's okay. This is like the culmination. This is what everybody's been waiting to hear. So if you don't like it, you can fast forward. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Oh my God, the dragon show made me angry. Oh. <laughs> Why do you sound like Aziz Ansari? I don't know. I don't know. I just watched his special. Maybe that's it. Oh, man. Maybe it's in the back of my brain. Oh, shoot. We'll have to talk about that next time because I am curious about your thoughts. So, eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next time when we talk about that. Thank you guys for listening. Hope everybody's doing great. Hope everybody enjoyed your summer. I'm Matt Peters. I'm Lexi. And be excellent to each other.